Hi, thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Redheaded Preacher Podcast. It's for Sunday, August 14th, 2022. The subject of the homily and of the service itself is healing. I went through the scriptures and it struck me that there were five words with the letter P that played a role in the healing or the search for healing that these people in the scriptures showed and which I hope in listening to the homily folks can find that either encouragement that yeah I'm doing this so that's good or oh I really should be doing more of that or they can share that with somebody else who's going through a search for healing remembering that healing does not always mean a cure and so I ask you to join with me in a brief word of prayer Spirit of God fall upon us as we listen and as I preach that we may experience something of the healing that come from your words given life by the Spirit hear our cries for ourselves or for others who need your healing touch who would benefit from a a confirmed assurance of your grace and that your arms of love are open to embrace them and us if we but find and turn. In Christ's name, the one who opens those arms, we pray. Amen. Bard Todd is our lector, and here are our scriptures. Our first reading is from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 16, verses 14 through 23. Saul is king over Israel, but begins to have health problems. Now the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. And Saul's servant said to him, See now. An evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord now command the servants who attend you to look for someone who is skillful in playing the liar. And when the evil spirit from God is upon you, he will play it, and you will feel better. So Saul said to his servants, Provide for me someone who can play well and bring him to me. One of the young men answered, I have seen the son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, who is skillful in playing, a man of valor, a warrior, prudent in speech, and a man of good presence, and the Lord is with him. So Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son, David, who is with the sheep. Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and a kid, and sent them by his son, David, to Saul. And David came to Saul and entered his service. Saul loved him greatly, and he became his armor-bearer. Saul sent to Jesse, saying, Let David remain in my service, for he has found favor in my sight. And whenever the evil spirit from God came upon Saul, David took the lyre and played it with his hand, and Saul would be relieved and feel better, and the evil spirit would depart from him. 
This ends the reading from 1 Samuel. Our epistle lesson is one we might expect to hear on a Sunday, be, uh, featuring a service of healing. It is James chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. James is giving some closing exhortations as he finishes his letter. Are any among you suffering? They should pray. Are any cheerful? They should sing songs of praise. Are any among you sick? They should call for the elders of the church and have them pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise them up, and anyone who has committed sins will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. This ends our second reading. Our worship continues with a duet by Diane Meggs and her voice teacher, Allison Hull, accompanied by Beth Ben Westfall. <laughs>
Thank you, Diane and Allison and Ben. Will those who are able please rise for the reading of the gospel lesson. Our gospel is Luke chapter 8, the second half of verse 42 through verse 48. Or 43. Jesus is on his way to heal a man's son, victimized by seizures, when someone else with a great need comes near. As Jesus went, the crowd pressed in on him. Now there was a woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years, and though she had spent all she had on physicians, no one could cure her. She came up behind him and touched the fringe of his clothes, and immediately her hemorrhage stopped. Then Jesus asked, Who touched me? When all denied it, Peter said, Master, the crowds surround you and press in on you. But Jesus said, Someone touched me, for I noticed that power had gone out from me. When the woman saw that she could not remain hidden, she came trembling, and falling down before him, she declared in the presence of all the people why she had touched him, and how she had been immediately healed. He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Here ends the reading of the Gospel and the Scriptures for this morning's service. Thanks be to God. What is God's holy word? And there was some sitting music. The Reverend John Hubner once talked about growing up with polio. There was a ward full of beds, and at the foot of the beds were hinged foot pedals. The pedals went forward when you placed your feet on them and flexed your ankles and away from you. So we'll go more like that, as opposed to looking at it from my perspective, facing you. And then you'd use your heel and calf muscles to push it back uh, towards, and the heel and toes to get it back towards the bed, so back and forth. This was one of the forms of physical therapy. Uh, in those days, it was boring, it was hard if you were still quite afflicted, and you were expected to do it as much as you could. You would not see the results, however, for a long time. Reverend Hubner went on to say that some of the boys in his ward got too frustrated, too tired, too bored, or too something to keep it up over the long haul, and they stopped. He noticed, while he kept at it, that their progress stopped. He, however, did not stop. Boring day after boring day, back and forth, he did the therapy. Ultimately, he overcame the effects of polio and walked without difficulty. Chuck Kessler, the same thing. Those who quit were not healed. Persistence is the first of five P's of healing this morning. John and Chuck are not in the Bible, but the woman who had been suffering from hemorrhages for 12 years and had spent all she had on physicians is. She did not quit or surrender to the debilitating consequences of her ailment. She kept 
on trying to be cured for 12 years. And when she heard Jesus was coming through her neighborhood, she went. She persevered. She persisted. It's easier said than done, especially when the fruit of persistence is a long way off if promised at all. Although it's not one of the five P's for today, persistence needs patience to keep on trucking. Sometimes when we or a loved one need healing, resistance shows up. Procrastination, excuses, denial. When the, what the woman in Luke shows us is not only how important persistence is to healing, but also proactivity. Our doctors might be proactive in running tests, and that can save your life, as I experienced with my GP and the PSA test she opted for one day. The woman in Luke not only took the initiative to see doctors for 12 years, she also sought Jesus and touched the fringe of his clothes. If you've been hospitalized, you know how valuable it is to have an advocate someone to lobby for you. In the case of the woman in Luke, she had to be her own proactive advocate. Let me share with you this story. Barbara was 31 and a mother of three children, and she was staring at possible thyroid cancer. As she awaited the results of the tests, she revisited what she knew of her faith and found that she had more than a little faith in God. Dale Matthews recounts, Given her intimate familiarity with the Gospels, it is not surprising that Barbara found a metaphor for her personal healing in a Bible passage. One Sunday, as she was praying in church, the Gospel story of the woman with the hemorrhage kept coming to her mind. The woman wanted to be healed, but she did not want to bother Jesus, so she approached him in a crowd and touched his robe, Barbara explained. Of course Jesus knew what happened and praised the woman for her faith. I wanted to be like that woman. As Barbara prepared to go up to the altar for communion, she suddenly thought, I could be like her. An Episcopalian, Barbara viewed the priest who was presiding at the Holy Eucharist as a stand-in for Jesus during the service. She decided she would touch the priest's robe when he gave her the communion wafer. I touched his robe, and he couldn't have known that I did, though he did know about my cancer, she remembered. He did something in that moment that I'd never seen him do before. He put down the patten with the wafers and came over to me. Laying both hands on my head, he prayed for my healing. After receiving the communion wafer, Barbara stood up at the altar. I was so overwhelmed with God's love that I knew I was healed, she said. My healing was not physical at that point, but my heart was healed. I was not anxious or afraid or doubtful or sad at all. I had complete trust in God and his love, something he knew I needed far more than any other kind of healing at the moment. A few weeks after her healing at the altar rail, Barbara's surgery revealed that the lump was indeed thyroid cancer. She went through treatments then, 
and six months later for a recurrence. Somehow the medical treatments, too, seemed to be directly from God. She said, I felt that God had simply completed a healing that he had started at the altar at church. She went on to lead a full and prayerful life. She was persistent, and she was proactive. Saul and his servants in 1 Samuel, knowing he needed help, were proactive in thinking about spreading a dragnet to find someone who could skillfully play the lyre and, bring, and to bring him or her to Saul to play and ease his suffering. And so they found a solution. It, it, it seems like they didn't even leave you know, the area where they were together. One young man knew of David and what he could do and who he was, and that was it. Our next P, so that's another example of being proactive. Our next P I find a little harder to articulate. That is power. Jesus' power. Then Jesus asked, who touched me? Someone touched me, for I noticed that power has gone out from me. Power had gone out from him. And he was aware of it, even though he did not know to whom it went. He wanted to know who needed him, and who had the humble moxie to seek it? Who had the faith to touch him? For as Hebrews 11, verse 6 would teach, whoever would approach God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. Jesus has power, power to heal. Yet after mentioning this power going forth, from him, he ends our story by blessing her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. I find it a little hard to talk authoritatively about the power of Jesus to heal, partly because it feels like I'm setting boundaries for him by giving a definition or a description. And I'm not going to do that. As Barbara's story confirms, there is inner healing that is deeply linked to Christ received by faith. She related it to God's love. It consecrated her whole approach to whatever came next. Power from Christ. Our assurance of pardon today reminds us there is a eternal and profound healing power from Christ as he went through his passion and death, as we interpret Isaiah 53. Spiritual healing, for sure, forgiveness and grace. But can it not in the spirit extend to physical or medical healing in some way? Who will limit what God can do? I always enjoy the words of a former fellow religious volunteer at Cook County Jail. Tim said, I believe that God heals, but I also wear glasses. Jesus exerts his healing power through many channels, I believe, one of which is our second-to-last P, prayer. Remember, Barbara's proactive touching of her priest's garment was after prayer, and he prayed with her after pressing pause on communion. James 5 also exhorts those who are ill to pray, to call for the elders to pray over them with the oil anointing and laying on of hands, and to pray confessions to each other for forgiveness, another kind of healing, mercy. If you and I did not believe 
Prayer plays a role in our healing. Why is it such a major part of our pastoral prayers? And, I imagine, our personal prayers, too. Roman Catholic laywoman and chaplain Joyce McCullough said, Somehow, in my being with patients, I will hope they would get a sense of God's love and compassion. I pray for healing in whatever way they might need, in body, mind, and spirit. Prayer is always answered, maybe not in a way that can be seen as a physical cure, but effects of prayer, she said, come through a sense of peace, comfort, insight, even crying. I'm also reminded that the elders in James 5 do their thing, quote, in the name of the Lord, or calling on the authority of the Lord, the power in the name, in prayer, is real. A 1995 issue of Presbyterians Today shares this man's experience. One of the patients at the community hospital in Milford, Connecticut, where I regularly visited, was a tough-looking man with long hair and a shaggy beard, not a member of my church, whose face was screwed up in pain from an intense and mysterious headache. He was hurting so badly he could barely talk, but he managed to communicate that the hospital did not know what to do for him. I offered a very simple prayer for healing, asking that God would ease his pain and make him well. His eyes stayed closed after the prayer, more from pain than from piety, and he gave me a nod of thanks as I left. The next day, he looked like a different person, and he greeted me with a big smile. The headache was gone, he announced, and the doctors did not know why or how. Our prayer had been answered. Frankly, he said, I was amazed. A little of God's power had flowed into the life of one man. Never again would I be casual with prayer. Persistence, proactivity, power from Jesus, prayer, and the last one, which really deserves more time, but time is running out, people. It is the elders who were to be called to pray, anoint and lay healing hands. It was the servants of Saul, and then David's own skill, which gave temporary healing to Saul's torment. It was the priest whom Barbara touched, Jesus whom the original woman touched, the community to whom James writes, therefore confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. It is people who physically touch us, validating us and our feelings. It is people and doctors and nurses who use needles to inject us, who wipe our tears away, who hug, who forgive, who listen, who anoint us with oil and show forth God's love which has healing power for us. People, as much as prayer and power and persistence and proactivity, people are a P for healing. People are often the channels of the gifts which mend us. That's how God works most of the time through all of these, and not just these five, but often using people.
And that's good news. Amen. You got a special treat, didn't you, in the scriptures section. Uh, I was not aware that our elector would actually also not only record her readings of scripture, but also the duet, which was by one of our church members and her vocal teacher. And the heavens are telling, I think, because I don't have my bulletin in front of me, is the name of what they sang. So I hope you enjoyed that. I did. In fact, I heard it better through the recording than I did live because the fun was closer to the duet uh, geographically than I was where I sat in the sanctuary. I hope you enjoyed today's message. I find preaching on healing always a little difficult because I project in my head that people are thinking, why not, you know, about healing. We preach about God healing people, but this message, in, you know, for example, didn't talk about why people are not healed. We don't know the answers to that, really. I mean, at times we might be able to uh, point fingers, but when we get into the blaming of God, that's, you know, that's more than a homily and, and was not my intent for this message. So, but I'm always aware of that when I preach about healing, so there's a good bit of trepidation. Next Sunday, I'm not positive what the message is going to be about, but it will be on August 21st, and I'm looking at the scriptures, and it could be from Psalm 71, the first six verses, and another healing story from Luke uh, of a woman who'd been in the bondage of pain for longer than 12 years. I've looked ahead. I just have to make a decision about that. So until then... Please receive my gratitude for listening to this edition or any edition of the Red-Headed Preacher podcast. And also, as I try to say every week, may God bless you and God bless your week. Amen. Like what you've heard? Hit subscribe to follow and get updates on our newest additions to the Red-Headed Preacher. We'd love it if you'd give us a five-star rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us online under most social media platforms by typing St. Peter UCC Skokie in your browser. Donations are much needed and very welcomed. You can donate to us by going to paypal.me backslash St. Peter UCC Skokie. This information and more can also be found in the show notes wherever you listen to our podcast. Thank you so much.